Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. Good afternoon. Great afternoon. You say good afternoon, good morning, but this is a great afternoon. Like I'm smiling. <laughs> How can we be any place else? How did we get here in the first place? So we heard Shinge Roshi discuss how well, 50 years ago, ONG was in its embryonic state. I don't know what we call the state now, but it's wonderful. It's funny, layers of history at this session even with quote unquote so few of us, the many generations that are represented, it's kind of a mess in the dining hall. We don't say evil anymore. We don't say man. And these are right, rightful changes to our chanting loops that evolved over the years, but there's different uh, manifestations throughout the years that we hear, <clears throat> you know, we're correcting ourselves. Evil, no good. Uh, I mean, harmful. Harmful, I mean. Human, human being, not man. So it just shows uh, how hard it is to untrain the trained mind with chanting and how um, sort of uh, as a senior student, you know, I'd feel bad if I got a card out to read because I'm supposed to know these things, but I think I'm going to from now on. It's, there's no uh, loss in dignity to use a chanting book. And mumble through it. Yeah, I memorized Daisakaki. Right. So don't be ashamed of it. We all know this. Don't be ashamed of mistakes. You know, this morning, Tony Chinge Roshi, this uh, unbelievable faith in mind tingles going up my spine every time you just mention it. There's always another. Well, infinity has no limits, so there's an infinite way to have this go through your being. And today, it's like lightning to me. Probably the whole lead up to this session, two years of lack of session, and before that, family, and this and that, and excuse after excuse. We all do it. I'm probably a master at excuses. <laughs> well, like, yeah, why? I, I, I don't understand because, like, just one sitting, you're sitting there and you're like, why was I making up excuses to so called avoid something? So she said at first, uh, um, Bohatsu, you know, everybody's leaving, and the last person, you, where are you going? You can't go anywhere. Literally, you can't. You can go in SpaceX with the, all these rich people in the outer space. We're already in space, by the way. I don't know what they're so obsessed with, but. We are in space. It's a planet in space. It's only like five miles away. You could drive down to Green Hills Farms and you'd be in space if you went straight up. But at any rate, you can't get away. The moon sets, but it's always in the universe. So what 
what am I, you know what, what am I afraid of losing? A sense of humor or something? I come out of section and go out to, you're still you, but you're not you. Am I afraid of losing control? Who's in control? How can I, if I was in control, I'd have to beat my own heart. I'd have to breathe my own breath. I'd have to digest food. Why, by the way, excellent. Unbelievable. Thank you, Tenzos. The most <coughs> important part of this session. Wow. So, what is it? But again, it doesn't take long. Sitting on the cushion, with a few breaths, and a painful knee, whatever, to uh, You're not going to have an answer for why I'm here, or how did I get here. You can go through the history, which I'd like to talk a little bit about how I found this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place and this wonderful teacher and this sangha, which uh, I choke up every time I think about it. I mean, we have a lot, I have a lot of sanghas in my life. I keep them as a sangha in a sense, my family, my business cohorts, the people I talk to, the little kids that people like. It's who? How are we separate? You know, I have trouble with Trump followers, but that's another thing. And I wonder why too. What is the, what is that about? You know, I'll think I'll touch upon that later, right? Cause I, I can't understand. Uh, Exactly what's going on, but I, by reading these patches, if you can figure it out, you know, attachment and clinging has no bounds. You know, you go down these dark, dark, darker, darker, darker paths. It's called an algorithm on Facebook. They're going to make you click buttons, and you're going to be so entrenched through that rabbit hole, you're going to be yeah, right, right, even on the liberal side, even on the this side or that side. What side is there? Too many cricket. There's no sides. It's guess it's fun to get angry at people and fun, you know, in a perverted sense for the human mind, but no sides? What's going on? So here we see there's no sides. We see there's only nothing that's separating us. And um, maybe we'll have a better perspective. I mean, I remember when that, when that guy first won, you know, I, the one thought that came to mind is that goodness will always prevail. The Dhammapada, uh, you know. We're like, um, I'm hearing all these wonderful John song out the window. Windows, you know, the kids, the little kids, the cricket, the birds, obviously leaves, and, uh, and then we get a bell right last night for some reason, but, uh, you know, these sounds, and uh, there's a lot going on around this city. It's a pretty violent city. It's a great city, um, and it's an epicenter for this practice, obviously. Um, karmically, we're all, you know, very fortunate to be in the vicinity of the city. But in other churches and there's synagogues and there's other, uh, you know, mosques. Uh, but I see this as Roshi said, you walk towards this place. I come down out there and I'm like, wow, 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 wow. You just know you're approaching something. I don't, this mystical is a bad word. It's just right. It's the right feeling. It's your home. Um, so it's the idea of the lotus growing in a swamp, you know, rooted in the mud, this beautiful flower, is, you know, taking nutrients from the mud, which is so-called growth. You're floating in this city that has a lot of issues and problems, but that's what our engaged Buddhist mind is. That's what this Kanzon chanting in the morning is about. 
and physically actually be audible to the universe yeah, around us without just this, uh, if people aren't attuned, maybe to some of the beautiful vibrations that we're put, putting off with our men, um, we certainly are waking them up with time they own. Um, and it takes, uh, it takes certain people to be involved in this. We wish everybody could be. We're not knock knocking on doors. Have you heard the word of Buddha today? We're not doing that. I'd love to. I mean, I, I, they say ask three times with Zen, you know, and uh, you're not proselytizing. But you don't have to. You just get across from, from Shinge Roshi, from any of us, especially after session, and you have to say anything. You're not trying to prove anything. I'm not trying to prove anything. Um, it happens. The tree isn't proving anything. Dogwood, yeah, I named it. I wasn't gonna. Biology mind. Not trying to prove anything. So, that was at the, you know, poetry school, as you know, I was learning about trees. It's a curse, not the curse. Can't go outside without, oh, look at the red oak. Is that a, you know, there's a white oak. There's, you know, your brain is coming up with all these words. I'm getting better. That's one of the reasons I like sitting. But anyway, this, whoa, rather than, you know, naming things. They don't, this dog doesn't know. It's easy to treat a tell by its bark, by the way. But, um, so, I'm a DSF and, uh, no, and there was always something. I was raised as a Lutheran, and written like my wonderful father, which I'll talk about a little later. He's in the meditation. Um, you know, we went to church, and it was like twice a year. Just that, you know, God knows we're around, kind of attitude, and it's true. You know, we had too much work to do. The German guy's got to work. They got to mow the lawn on Sundays. They have rest crap. Nah, but um, think of the farmer I worked at. You know, seven days of work days. You know, I had to let that guy go last year. But he had to go to church, so. Which was fine. Um, I wouldn't say we were religious or not religious, but, um, but, but we all, there's something, this birth and death thing, suffering, you know, grandmother dies and so on. So it's sick and you wonder. And I always used to think, you know, what's the sense? I was a very joyful, positive person pretty much all my life, you know, I think. Uh, I grew up, I loved out, out of doors. How can you not be happy? You know? Walking around collecting insects and just being outside all the time and uh, just enjoying life as it is, but hating what mankind was doing to this world around. I wanted to be just transported away with some alien race, not Elon Musk, or anything. he's alien enough, but just get away from these people. I liked, I used to say, I like human beings, I just didn't like people, but I did like them, you know. But it was like, how can you? At that time, it was, uh, you know, Silent Spring, DDT, and no eagles. You couldn't see an eagle when I was young. An osprey? Forget it. You know, they were not around. You know, and uh, I collected insects, and they were hunting. The word, when I learned about the word extinction, that blew my mind. Trying to realize that something just doesn't exist anymore. I can understand maybe in an evolutionary sense of extinction with the dinosaurs, maybe, but the dodo bird, the passenger pigeon. I, 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 the woodpecker, it's just un, unfathomable to me how 
that could happen. But at any rate, so there was always that sense of uh, what is this about? But it didn't really, you know, you go to school and your day-to-day life. It didn't really. This stuff is happening subconsciously, consciously it's happening. It's been happening for a long time. Life after life after life after life after life. We haven't, we've rubbed our, our roads together before. Um, so, of course, I didn't know any of that. Not that I know it now, I'm just saying it, but <laughs> I feel it. But, um, so I went to ESF, I, that was a, my dream place to go, to learn about trees, actually have to get pick classes and on stuff that I was uh, just in love with all my life. It was the best. Maybe organic chemistry was an exception. But um, but it proved that I could do it. I could just study Harvard and get a degree. But um, studying, I was pretty good at studying. Uh, I would go to the fourth floor of the uh, SU Bird Library. I think it was the fourth floor. But nobody studied at SU. Those libraries were empty. The ESF library was packed and it was very noisy. People were studying and talking to, but um, I found the fourth floor was the religious studies floor. Very quiet. But there was nobody there. It was great. So in my on my break from studying, I would just wander the aisles and just sort of look at the title and um, pull a book out and maybe just, you know, the Quran and, you know, Bhagavadita and uh, various texts. It was just fascinating. To read these things, you know, and a little bit, a little bit, but then all of a sudden, Buddhism. And then I got this. You know, when you fall in love the first time, <laughs> you have that. If they put it to zing, if you ever watch hotel Pennsylvania, but anyway, you might be a father. Zing. Why did that feel so quote unquote comfortable to me? That word, that Buddha. I started reading a little bit and reading a little bit more. I'm starting to buy books. We talked about how the knowing people they put their books down and just sat. You know, so I was I make it a, a, a religious at reading, but that's about it. But every morning, have some tea, then read some books, read some chapters, and I got started with the with the favorites. You know, the LSD people like uh, Alan Watts, and I'm working back and back and back to the teachers, doctors, Dogen's MG, inside and. Uh, the Platform Sutra, um, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, and practicing bamboo breathing and, and sitting, and I scared the crap out of it. Whoa, where did I go? What was that? I was afraid because they did recommend you find the teacher, find the teacher. In Syracuse? <laughs> right. You know, I didn't have a phone, it wasn't yellow pages, I certainly didn't have a computer at that time, this was 1986, you know, 87. When I was going to grad school, maybe. Um, and then, uh, then I saw, uh, Dick Pilgrim was teaching a, a then, uh, uh, Buddhism class at SU, and I asked him to, uh, if I could just audit it. And they're, well, sorry, but there was, uh, the audit readings of it, but he saw my, my friend, my roommate, and myself's enthusiasm or something, and he said, oh, sure, you can sit with that. Just listen. We well, became the most important participants was and he had a you know you know we, and i was like what you know so because I, I wanted a reading list i didn't want to just mamby pamby walk around and try to figure out i needed some direction and, well go to seven or eight books 
Just to fight down the street all this time. I even moved closer. Today we were cleaning over the pencil. Shop stick show show down. I was right there next to this chopstick holder, right in front of me. Man, so I think some of the most it, it, but it's the readiness of time, as Ada Roshi said, which I kinda understood. I was ready. I there's that thing again. I I was ready. The Dharma was ready for. Oh, look back at this again. Time was ready. I went to Seven Ray's bookstore to get another book. I had stacks of them, you know. And my own Zafu. I remember walking down, someone actually identified. Probably a Zen participant from I went well, 111 as I'm walking by. Oh, is that a Zafu? Yes. How you know? Shoom, shoom, all these clues. It's like these movies, like the sixth sense, you know. Oh, he was dead all alone. You know, you, you all these clues. Man, but again, time, time, time is ready for you. You are ready for it. So I was buying a book on Dogen Zenji, and um, and the first time the cashier person said, oh, that's a great book on Buddhism. That's a great book. Oh, you, you know something about Buddhism. You know you something about it. Oh, yeah. Is there a Zen center around here? And she did exactly what Togan did. Points, just all she did was point to the bulletin board, which I walked by about five million times. Zen center, Syracuse phone number on there. And the address. Um, so it was uh, nearing my... Just about this time of year, as a matter of fact, 1990. It was a long time ago. It was the last century. But uh, I was nearing my 30th birthday. It just happened to be that time. Um, so I made a vow that I would go on my 30th birthday. It turned out it was a, I went on a Thursday night. It was a couple of days before. But at any rate, I started. As, uh, so um called up. They said, just come on in. Come on down. I don't know if I... If I talked to anybody, or they, she just said go. And I, this is a classic story. I, I, Jishin, her name was Kathy Tooney. She answered the door. You don't have to knock. I'm like, well, how pleasant, but how direct. I'm, you know, it was just so wonderful to have that freshness of just, you're welcome to come in. You don't even need to knock. So, again, that feeling, you know. Um, Saigyo was there, Hogan was there, Mikyu was there, um, of course, Shinge Roshi was there. Just no Jisha instruction, no, come over to the Dharma Hall, we'll teach you, we'll hold your hand. Jisha just says, just follow along, you'll do fine. Maybe she asked, you know, maybe she knew because she saw me and said, I don't know, it doesn't matter. People know these things. I wasn't even that anxious about it, I just felt. The right, it was right. The bound, the sitting, whoa. So I, I'm coming back. I couldn't go to the Saturday because we had an intervention actually for an alcoholic mother of my friends and, uh, on my birthday. And so yeah, it, it, that's, that's a whole other story. But uh, I started coming Thursday, Saturday. You know, Saturday was like a, the morning service and, and this, this headache, which was just, again, this magical place. We, back in those days, we would sit, we, it, the attic was, you know, you know, the, the, you're right under the roof. So, you know, you had the roof come down and then it was, shit, you know, maybe four, three and a half feet and then uh, sit facing the walls. And sometimes that was great because you fell asleep, you'd just boom into the wall. And it would wake you right up. Similarly to what they did in Japan at night for Zuiza, 
uh, informal sitting, <clears throat> we you know go back to the zendo after uh, kaichin, which was already late. I don't know. I had no watch there. Of course, you know, what time was it? You don't care. You don't really want to know what time it is. But uh, so <laughs> you go back, pretend you go to sleep, and then you get up one by one. Take off. You take your rocks off. By the way, at night when you're doing tuba, because it's informal, and uh, we grab our or it was a tabaton. It was like this combination of safu and and uh, tabaton that you just sort of fold up in in a different, like a little S shape with a little ledge that you sat on. Um, super uncomfortable. But um, and then you sit on the edge of this wall, like this uh, Kenyan deck around the huge dharma hall, which was just concrete, concrete under you, and they they put you right on the edge. And everybody was mastered at sleeping without falling off that thing. I don't know how they did it, but it would—it was encouraging you to stay awake because literally, you'd, you'd crack your skull, you'd drop three, you'd drop like four feet, hit the concrete. You'd probably—I don't know if you'd die, but you wouldn't be in very good shape. So that's the kind of encouragement we got. But it was similarly—it wasn't, well, wasn't quite as bad, but with you know, bumping into the wall. But uh, what a what a it, it, atmosphere was amazing. And then the first weekend session, you know. Uh, you go home. You you know you sit through through the day, and uh, it was David then. I guess I'm still David. Um, but uh, Roshi, they were painting across the street, and the painters had music, and I thought it was the best thing. Wow, take my mind off my knees, and I was sitting Seiza then because I couldn't. I, I, by the way, I can't do this anymore either. But <laughs> I've come full circle. I feel like I'm such a good practitioner. I'm like on day three of pain. It's only day one. But at any rate. Um, they're playing music, and it was like, wow, this is a great distraction. Thank you, painters. And Roshi knew. David? Hi. I don't know if I said hi. Probably not. Didn't know that yet. Yes? Did you go, please go across the street and ask the painters to turn the music down? Okay. <laughs> so I did, and they, they were really cool. Like, where we have a meditation meeting over there, and oh, yeah, that's cool, man. We'll turn it down. Like, so, anyways, I had no, no escape. Can't go anywhere. But it was fun, you know. Of course, you get you get through all that somehow. But then it just got. You just know. You guys know. You just know. And it, and it was um. Oh, here. Sorry. Just a posture. I haven't even taken a sip. Um. Of course, <clears throat> the more you sip, the more you sit and you sit. And, oh, I'm gonna try a. And then she mentioned the, the places we, that we, um, that, that room would be packed. Uh, like New Year's Eve chanting, they'd be, you know, they'd be stuffed out into this little storage area where Andy kept stuff, you know, and, uh, and, uh, but where the, where the, uh, this Han was out there and that, that Boncho was out there for the, uh, I remember how complicated the Han seemed to be at first. I was like, just, uh, there's a, there was even a little notation, you know, heart, the shrikes and stuff. And then I realized 753. Oh, okay. There's actually a pattern to it. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. So, so it was expanding so much, you know, we could, and we wanted to, Roshi wanted to do longer session than just a cup, you know, in, in her attic and have, you know, so we, we've done it. We did it at someone's house once and then, um, Alberna Heights. Again, that, it was, you know, spring. Sometimes the starlings were nesting up underneath this tin roof. They're not the most pleasant sounding birds when they're feeding their babies. They're, they're super uh, 
loud. Yeah, they yeah, I've seen them over here. Beautiful bird. But anyways, uh, so there was a, and it was hot in there. It got sort of like a like a cool hand Luke, spend a night in the box type thing. It, it, but again, you just sat and sat and you know that energy of all these people that make you and oh man, it, you know this. Took then I took Chukai. Was given this unbelievable name Doshin, and that's a name you have to your own Dharma name is uh, your enlightened teacher knows, and uh, then you have to live up to that name. But do you? You just have to realize it again. Back to this. Thank you for reminding me. Thank you for reminding me. It's not me. That's after after the first session. I went to uh, we went to a place called Thea House too once. Um, almost died of carbon monoxide poisoning because apparently the heaters were like everybody's so sleepy in the window. Why are my cheeks flushed? We had these space heaters going, which were kerosene, I think, and it wasn't. Yeah, so we just turned them off. <laughs> but again, wonderful people to offer that space and um, beautiful forest to walk in and over in a height for, for breaks. And it, it, again, it was a developing, you know, from the embryo in the basement to the moldy Episcopal church to, you know, it's just growth. And yes, we, everyone here, everyone there and then and now worked hard, but how could this be possible? How could Daibusatsu Zendo be possible? Show uh, all these monasteries. If you go to Japan, it's the Shogenji. It's like, how? These are people doing this. It's like talking about the pyramids, you know? The pyramids were made maybe by slaves. Well, monks are similar. But um, it's not. After my first session at Daibusatsu, I realized I wasn't doing this. How could I? No way. I was doing it. I would have been driving down to Livingston Manor. You know, after the first day of like, whoa, I thought I was going to do permanent damage. Then I realized, oh, I'm impermanent. How can I do permanent damage after doing kin and all these enlightened thoughts? You know, these are the best ones. And, you know, they, they're good. They're helpful. They'll throw me a bone here. You know, we'll get you through. Well, that's sitting. Ring the bell. But um, then, you, then you learn or you watch or it teaches you again, reminds you from life after life of pain and suffering. Don't fight it. Man, alive. You'd be, what are you going to do? Can't go anywhere. You know, and then I had, these were, I was doing Cezanne's, and my knees are burning, and it just felt, but everything just got bright. Still there. And I just felt like this giant cosmic mudra, Buddha's hand, I'm sitting in there. It was hallucination, but it was really nice. But it was something deep and said, don't worry. That's, that's why I'm avoiding these things. Maybe that's one answer. It's like, you don't, who wants to have suffering? But that's that. Thank you again. The avoidance of suffering is the creation of suffering. Suffering is, you know, samsara, nirvana, dukkha, what? What is the difference? What else? What else is there? You know. And uh, so we sit and we sit and we chant and we we just love each other here. It's so unbelievable. I, you know, you know, I was telling Roshi too that uh, 
we talk a lot. No, but I always uh, telling her that, you know, it's like a reset for me. Because when you go through this, you know, I went to Davisatsu, I was ordained a monk, I can tell you more of that story someday. But uh, then went to Japan, there's a lot of stuff. And even the best, um, you know, sitting, it, it, it still becomes baggage too. You know, even with Zen baggage, it's, let's think of Zen baggage and, you know, memories and maybe even quote unquote somewhat, I don't want to say traumatic, but intense situations that occur like uh, in practice. Uh, and it could be from exterior circumstances to internal uh, triggering, you know, um, that you, you need that, you know, you, you need it. It's going to happen. Again, it's not your choice, really. It's actually, you have to welcome it. Um, but at the same time, <clears throat> the COVID reset, um, you know, I guess when you take something away, you realize what you, what you lost. You know, coming Thursday, you know, again, the best, you know, you, you can get, <clears throat> you do something over and over, you know. You have to have beginner's mind, it's easy to say, but sometimes you don't. Sometimes it becomes routine and, you know, I lead a tour down what's called the Bog Trail. The Bog Trail, I've done it literally thousands of times with students. And uh, got my little routine and shtick, sure, but um, it's a similar thing where it's, uh, it's a practice where you, everyone else on that trail is new, pretty much. They might have come once or twice. You've done it a million times, but you, you could have read this a million times, but you've seen something new. It's changing all the time. Every millisecond is changing. But you can get into that pattern of repetition. But it's not, how can it possibly be the same? What did Eero should say? Unprecedented and unrepeatable, you know? Yeah, I said it. Did, what is that? Been there, done that? What the heck? Did we come up with this? It's vernacular, our society. It's really, do you feel that way? You know, I don't think so. You know, um, so at any rate, the few years of Zoom and seeing everyone, you know, masked and at distance, six feet, I just, I'm overwhelmed coming back. And uh, my life is shifting in a big way. Um, I finally decided to retire from Beaver Lake. And uh, again, another dream job. I'm such a lucky stiff. Man, okay. I, wow. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. I got a job teaching people about the things that I love. Guess what? Now I've got a job teaching people what really matters. To love. So when I retire, watch out. Keep love. I'm going to be here a lot. Sorry, it's important. But I'm already, we're already setting up for the library up in Fruerton, uh, Zen, and uh, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to be bored when I'm retired. Let's put it that way. So it's an amazing transitional moment at this session to be, I'm going to do it January 1st. So, Kanzeon, how many times? 108 times. Just it's it's really uh, really awesome. But I mentioned uh, important turning point too with loss. I hate to use it. I, I use this term loss of my father. Again, you can't lose anything in this universe. I was trying to frame all those terms while he was he fell at his house. He was 
He turned 90 June 27. He wanted to outlive his mother, who died at 89. Wonderful German lady came over with her husband in 1921. So, second generation. But at any rate, um, he had a rough life growing up on a farm, and but became a wonderful person. You know, he had a temper. He gave it to me, too, quote-unquote, or I took it. <laughs> hey, I, I like what you're doing, you know being angry at things, but, you know, but he never was mean to us or hit us or anything like that. But, you know, that sort of, that's, that's one of my things, you know, Dokasan is like, there's an authority figure, I've got to get it right. But, like, the first time I mowed the lawn, did a good job, Dave, but get the line straighter next time. I'm like, wow, it took me hours of like pushing this thing. But, um, so that, but again, I, I, Killed him a long time ago. When I was a teenager, I realized I had to kill him. I couldn't see him as my father. I just had to see him as a person that was never a father before. He's doing it for the first time. He's gonna make mistakes, and and I'm a jerk too. You know, sometimes you know, a little red lip. So after that, when I let let him go as my father, but he was my always my father, of course. But then we could. Yeah, it was different. So, anyways, he. Uh, he fell at his house. You know, we were just about to get him out of there, and he fell at night. And I think something else was going on because uh, he, he kind of precipitously got worse in health. First, he went to the hospital, and then he was out at uh, Syracuse Home for rehab. Then they then he started getting the uh, pulmonary embolisms, and you know, and and he had a slightly bleeding stomach because he's always been had an ulcer. You know, earlier on when he, he almost died of that when he was like forty, probably. Um, so they couldn't give him blood thinner because his ulcer would be exasperated. He, he was on this, he had the rock in a hard place, a stupid thing, but he, what are we going to do except help him be comfortable? <clears throat> his brain, his mind was always right there. You know, we're in the hospital and then heard some, you know, there's all kinds of sounds at a hospital. And he looks up, Earth the mothership. You know, he's still making jokes when he's in a, probably out of pain. You know, so, you know how, you look at how you're feeling during these <clears throat> times, you know. <clears throat> My sister was there. People are dealing with different ways, if you want to call it dealing. But I just felt his strength, and I felt, yeah, you're sad, but I, I'm not trying to look for sadness or look for, I, all I felt was uh, congratulations. You lived 90 years. You had a, you are in good hands right now. Chanting. And then he went to, uh, to, uh, yeah, um, just, I lost it. The hospice care, uh, facility. St. Francis House, yes. Again, the French. He's a, must have been a pretty cool saint. But anyways, <laughs> and I played the Dharma talk that Joe Rocco gave. He was already, he wasn't unconscious, but he was so weak because he had stopped eating. He couldn't eat. And uh, I told her it had such an effect. Just brought every, every one of you to that room via Zoom. And uh, yeah, he didn't, he died August 1st, but we were there. Watched his last breath. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> like I said, 
We all face that. Maybe that's another reason why you don't want to sit. I like to make excuses, or I make excuses. It's like, do I have to really look in death in the face? And do I have to really go through the cemetery meditations? Do I have to really think about it? Yes. Yes, this dogwood's not thinking about it. But we have brains that, that are avoiding thinking about it. If you sit, you're not thinking about anything, hopefully. So maybe some answers will occur. Um, at least, at least I know with you guys and this wonderful practice and an unbelievable teacher and many teachers that have come, including this dogwood, um, there's nowhere to go. This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org slash donate. Thank you for listening.